obviously podcasting as a space, as a digital art form, as an industry is growing. Africa is figuring out and shout out to partners like AfriBoards that are also doing the forefront of the work that also allow us to also focus on building the structures because there are so many different components to this industry. What does it mean to monetize? What does it mean to improve production? What does it mean to attract talent, keep talent? What does it mean to engage the community and audience? There's all these different facets. So right now it's a really great time because we have all these different people. They are trying to figure it out and they are doing it out of passion. So if you're trying to get into podcasting in Africa, you kind of have to be crazy. Africa X. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series, and you are listening to our special series, Africa X, which is focused on conversations and experiences with experts from Africa, in Africa, about Africa. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Now, today's guest, I've been wanting them on the show for so long, man, since I had the pleasure of hearing about these gentlemen, then I wanted to have them on the show, but also wanted to become friends with them. These guys are both results-driven and inquisitive professionals with the vast expertise in developing podcasting infrastructure in Africa. And as Co-founders of the Gold Coast Report, which is a thriving podcast network based in Accra, Ghana, their passion revolves around amplifying African creativity and nurturing self-sustaining communities, providing them with the space to incubate, flourish, and achieve their aspirations. At the Gold Coast Report, their unwavering mission is to forge accessible avenues for visibility and to curate impactful experiences that empower individuals and communities alike. Every action, every word, and endeavor GCR undertakes is a dedicated stride towards realizing this vision. Create Your Life family, I am talking about none other than Mr. Cyril Afaku and Mr. Dano Ai. Gentlemen, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. What's good, gang? Glad to be on. And Kev, can we borrow that script that you have over us? Because I need to update some bios. Yeah. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? And that drove me my outside. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, you made us sound so good. Like, you know, we appreciate it. Bro, you know that y'all are amazing humans, bro. Like, y'all are some of my favorite guys, man. So, definitely, I'll get you the audio, the video, whatever you need. If you want that intro, I got you, bro. Blast it. You know what I mean? Let the world know how amazing what you guys are doing is Create Your Life family. I want to jump right into this interview. My first question out the gate is Cyril and Donald, you both are from Ghana. Tell us about your origin story a little bit. Each of you guys, you know, where did you grow up at? Which cities? For those that don't know about Ghana and what was life like growing up? And even how did y'all meet? I grew up in Accra. I grew up in two cities. So Tasuman and Tema. It was a combination of the two in terms of my childhood. So I grew up in a home full of a bunch of people because at the time, you know, I had some cousins from another family living with us and I also had a couple of uncles as well living with us so I grew up in a home full of people so it was a very very you know interesting one where every day was full of something like there was always something happening every day you get what I'm saying the house always felt full I went to Achimota school which is a senior high school and it's very popular like it's one of the most popular ones in Ghana and that's where I pretty much you know met this guy over here and I think as they see the rest is history mm, okay okay so my 
ago. I grew up in Tishinugua. I tried to make a shy town a thing. It never caught on. So this might be my final shot <laughs> at having everybody call it shy town. It was myself. I have three older siblings. It was pretty laid back, pretty chill. My parents were chill for the most part and there were opportunities to explore things on my own, figure things out, which I greatly appreciated. There were friends in the neighborhood. There were opportunities to walk to school with friends, hang out after school with friends, and then meet other kids in the neighborhood going to different schools. So all that was the constant experience of meeting people, learning about them, figuring out some similarities, but we like the same things, but they like things just a bit different, you know? So that was part of the experience. And like Donald mentioned, we both got to Ajumata School and that was where we met. Love that. Love that. The cities that you grew up in, how far are they from Accra, the city that you now reside in? Are they in the same city? You know, what's the proximity with geography? They are more or less sub-towns within the greater Accra metropolis. So it's still Accra, just within Accra. Okay. No, thank you for that. You know, I've been to Accra twice. My second time, y'all were the mayor of the city showing me around it, teaching me. And we had some really, really good fish, man. I know, I know. <laughs> and that Jalof, man. Oh, man. Life. Life. Huh? Ghanaian Jalof is everything. You're still teaching me about the geography and what's happening over there. So I appreciate you for that. So you guys went to high school together, man. How did y'all go from high school to now being co-founders of the Gold Coast Report? And then like, what are some of the major accolades that GCR has been able to achieve in the time since you guys have been around? In terms of, I guess, origins of GCR, after high school, Donald and I went our separate ways in terms of education. So we went to different universities and all of that. And we reconnected a year or two after university. This was myself returning back to Accra and we were in a group just with a bunch of friends. Now, the initial idea for GCR, it basically snowballed from two different directions. Now, this was during one of the World Cups, I want to say 2016. And there was a sports story where the Ghana Black Star players were refusing to take to the pitch because the GFA, that is the federal association that manages or supervises the national team, hadn't paid the players the bonuses they had promised to make it into the group stages. So we had the BBC, we had writers, we had other international store platforms covering it. And we noticed that our local media houses were essentially lifting the same power with just a small attribution hyphen BBC. Now we're in the group chats with a bunch of friends. We used to play fantasy football back in the day and the conversation was, these are players that we grew up knowing about from the under 18s to now becoming pros and we fully invested in their careers and now they are wearing the national team shirts. We surely can tell a much better story than what's going on versus other sports journalists who just are covering this because they're exciting or out of the norm during the World Cup. So everybody got excited we felt we could start writing a sports blog so i got excited got a domain registered that shit and i think one or two articles were churned out <laughs> they are still on the medium link somewhere but then we quickly realized that writing is quite the endurance test and it kind of faulted so the next pivot was okay we have this domain name what's feasible and we had a conversation myself donald and we reached out to another friend kwame asanti who coincidentally is a co-producer of sincerely Accra. And he put us in touch with a now mutual friend, Pam, who was working with DSTV at the time. So we reworked that to a daily show type show, variety style show. So we sent a proposal to DSTV. They didn't buy it, obviously. And 
it was like, okay, we've been chasing this for a couple of weeks now. I guess we should do something. Up until this point, there was a network, Grantland, that Bill Simmons had started back in the day that I was quite a fan of. And I got introduced to a couple of podcasts that I listened to. So there was a lower post, there was the Bill Simmons that he had Jalen on. It was really fun. So the invitation to Donald was like, yo, there's this thing called podcasting. Let's see if we can give it a go. So he came over my end. We recorded on the phone. It was a test recording. We liked what it sounded like. We put out the call for people to join and everything sort of took on from there. So I'll let you not continue from there. It's surreal right now when you think about it because at the time, this was just, you know, two friends and then room tried something out. You understand me? And then when you look back and then zoom out into what it is now, it's kind of crazy, especially because we believed initially. We felt like we could tell our own better stories. We also felt like there was some creativity in everyone. The creative side of things or element has always been something that has been attractive to us. You know, we just wanted to do interesting, epic stuff. And we felt like everyone, there was some element of creativity in there. So we felt like, okay, fine. If we are doing podcasting, why don't we expand that into actually thinking about growing, like uh, creating a space where people can come in and be expressive, you know, with their creativity. You get what I'm saying? I would say that now that's more of what GCR is. Like we're not just a podcast network. We are more than that. You understand me? And I think over time, we've gone on to do things like develop more shows. We've gone on to look at the different communities in our space, create and develop content that speaks to them. And in addition to that, obviously, now we're also expressing ourselves through our events as well. It's boundless, really, when it comes to GCR, you know, and what we're looking to achieve. I would say on milestones, yeah, we're still, the story is still being written. Hey, I'm loving that story being written. With the accolades in seeing how GCR has grown, because it has been a couple of years now for us, you said milestones. Those are the markets that we look back on and are quite proud of. So our initial call had everybody we hit up actually show up, meaning that we went from starting a show to starting a network from the get-go. That meant learning editing. And I remember the nights we used to record every Saturday for two years straight. So it was recording on Saturday and then me looking at the audition and audacity files and editing that shit straight and we had a schedule that we kept ATW our sports show went out on Monday uh-huh. uh, TOR the other room that's our women's focus show went out on Tuesday and free online our general discussion show went out on Wednesday and we tried our best to never miss those deadlines so it was Saturday record Sunday edit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday take a breather Thursday, Friday hit up the gang we go again that was the schedule that helped build consistency consistency within the team that helped also build essentially some level of planning we obviously got better at the editing and also figured out some of the mechanics that came to podcasting and we figured out better how to actually run and operate as a network because that was a skill set that we didn't have coming in another accolade milestone having the first live event and at some point we will invest time investigating this i feel we're the first to do this in west africa at the very least because we recognize the importance of the community around us we had listenership from our shows growing and we figured you know what it would be really cool to have a space where we can have everybody who cares about our show to be in the same space and we have a conversation with them 
So way back, I want to say 2017, we were putting the finishing touches to our live show. And that's what we transitioned after COVID to Mosaic, which now becomes this whole fantastic audio experience. We have one of our shows now being among the first recipients of the Spotify grant. We have this amazing relationship with Afroport, an exciting team that's also trying to make Africa podcasting be a thing and legitimate thing by itself. All these things for us are the accolades. So it's still being written, but not too much. Nigeria, of course. And this year we went to Nigeria and we are hoping to visit a couple more countries before the year ends. So building all of this off podcasting and seeing the effort that the wider team puts in, we are in our office. It's really, really amazing. Gotcha. Appreciate it. How many shows has GCR launched and what are some of the shows that you all are most proud of? I think we have launched quite a number of shows <laughs> since we started, but I mean, I will talk about the ones that are currently active right now. Obviously, our most popular show is the Sincerely Across podcast show. Sincerely Across speaks to the everyday life experiences of a typical person that lives in Accra. It doesn't just speak to the Ghanaian, the average Ghanaian. It speaks to anyone living in Accra. Like, because when you live in Accra, the belief is the experiences that you are exposed to that aren't necessarily restricted to just Ghanaians. You understand, man? That's what the show pretty much speaks to, the everyday life experiences. And Sincerely Accra has gone on to be the most popular show in Ghana, one of the most popular shows in Africa right now. We also have the After the Whistle podcast, which is a sports show. We have the Free of Mind podcast, which also is a general talk show on lifestyle, politics, religion, the pop culture, whatever I can think of pretty much. We have Sex and Sanity, which is a show that is that speaks to sex positivity, people embracing their sexual experiences and their sexual lives and be open about it because we come from a culture where we were sort of social to sort of diminish those experiences and keep them hidden of sorts, yeah. We also have the Analytics podcast, which is primarily a pop culture podcast that focuses on pop culture. We have the Sunday Food podcast, which we launched just this year, which I host. It's for men. It was created for men by men for us to be able to have greater space for men to have conversations that they are typically, you know, sensitized not to have and sort of uh, make men feel comfortable talking about their feelings and expressing themselves. There is a crack podcast, which also Molly have mentioned recently during the launch for the top magazine as one of her favorite shows as well. Two ladies who are currently not in Ghana, unfortunately, but are in the UK and they basically also come together. They have great chemistry and they basically share their life experiences and share their thoughts on everyday trending topics and stuff like that. Also, Palava Podcast hosted by Francis. Francis does a lot of traveling. Francis does a lot of business. Francis does a lot of networking and she shares her experiences. She says her experiences seen from all these things that she does in her life as well. There's also the Head Pain and Straits. Yes. These are two Formula One fanatics and if you are new to the sports, it's an amazing entry point because they really give it their all. And there is a community for that growing community for motorsports in Ghana and I think Africa in general. So it's great for other women to see women being at the forefront of such conversations as well. And the, it's, what's up, crackheads? <laughs> <laughs> That's a top five community name and it ain't number five. Bro, that is such a wild community name. Coming from the States, that's a wild community name, but I love it, right? Because it works. When I first heard it, I was like, hold on, what? And then I was like, oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. I had to like adjust, but I love that. For GCR, so what year was it that y'all wrote the article? That would have been late 2016 because I was a World Cup year. Cool, cool. Now, I just wanted to give the Create Your Life fan perspective on how long you guys have been at this grind, right? Like seven years in, but one of the things that you said, Donald, that I think is super important is that you guys have launched many shows, right? Out of those that you've launched, few have remained. 
in comparison, let's say, right? And I think it's important for people to understand that when you're doing something that's magnificent, that's great, that has potential, there's going to be some bumps in the road and everything might not work out, but then you can get that one or that two or that five or that 10 that y'all just mentioned who are really getting traction and those shows are becoming successful. And just to also add to that, all those shows are not failures because those really are learning opportunities. All those episodes that we didn't record correctly, all those shit, something went wrong or we didn't export something perfectly or I should have done this cut and I listened to how the audio didn't sync up. All those things are the learning opportunities that make these batch of shows much better than they could have been. So it all counts. So I'm really grateful for them. That's actually well put, man. And I think that helps people to understand that lessons learned, not failures, right? Opportunities to improve. For you guys, GCR essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, to my understanding, even having been to the studio in Ghana, GCR acts as a production studio. Y'all incubate and do joint ventures with creators and you're a place to record. How did you grow or expand your offering to offer all of these things? How did you choose these particular options? When Donald was speaking, he mentioned the fact that for us, the spark or the start was creativity and creativity exists in everyone. And one thing GCR communicates through our works and our collaborations is that we don't have a monopoly on all good ideas, all creative ideas. Immediately when we figured out that, okay, we are good at this podcasting thing, one of the first programs that we had pushed out was our GCR Labs program, which essentially is a podcast incubation program. And that entire experience, some of the things that we do for ourselves, so video production, coming up with shows, ideas, and all of that, now become services that we also offer to people, organizations that are also interested in starting the podcast journey on themselves. So for us, the goal is to be that resource we wish existed when we first started because when it started, it literally was us and Google and us listening to shows and trying to figure out what that sounds like. It's a bit easier now, but the good thing is we now have a bit more technical know-how and local knowledge. And that's what we bring to ground when we partner and work with people. Moving into our studio space and care, we are in the new studio space. So you need to come to front and check. Look at that. Every year, new space. A, a live grand. <laughs> So moving to a studio space allowed us to zero in on our production process. And now that we're in a bigger space where we actually have office and recording, it allows us to also do just a bit more. So that's how that ties in. I'm familiar with the amazing work that you guys are doing. And I'm also familiar, very familiar with the impact that you guys do, you know what I mean, from a numbers perspective, as well as with your live events and things like that. For those looking to join a podcast network or wanting to understand GCR a little bit more, what would you say are some of the examples of working with the Gold Coast Report versus other places? I think for us, what really jumps out of the gate is how much room we give people to express themselves. And for me, I think we underestimated how big that is for people a little bit because a lot of people come in and say, oh, do I still get control of, you know, how much, like the kind of content I put out there? Do I still get control over what I say? And that interaction in particular always used to surprise me. I'm like, what's the reverse? I understand that in other spaces a lot of it is controlled you know there's a lot of controlling over there but i always feel like to get the best out of people in what we do it's always best to give them that room to express themselves and hear what they have to say and see how best we can bring whatever it is they want to do to life you know the way they envisage it with our experience and expertise doing this like you mentioned for some time now they would also trust that whatever guidance or inputs that we also bring to the table is, is worthy of you know incorporating into whatever this idea is. So I think at GCR, that's something that we are really, really big on. And 
also, like you're saying, you know, we are growing. Things are changing. You know, like Mr. mentioned, we have a new space now. We are gradually building a team around us that enables us to do more than what we could do previously. And so in terms of infrastructure, in terms of logistics and pulling things off like the podcast, the quality and audio video, we are also equipping ourselves with expertise and also infrastructure, equipment and human resource to sort of help us amplify all these creators and the things that they want to do. One thing that we get a lot of praise for or we get a lot of good positive feedback for is the quality of our shoes, the quality of our branding of our shoes as well, and also the quality of our events. One thing I'd like to add to that also is creativity with the focus, but in building GCR, one thing we've come to realize is there has to be that support. There has to be that framework. Essentially, there has to be that thing that allows our creators, our partners to essentially jump as high as they want to and know that when they land, they are landing somewhere safe and reliable. And that's the know-how, that's the systems, that's the processes that GCR has built, is building and continues to hopefully excel at because internally, every experience with our partners, our creators, people who interact with, it really just has to be these lots, not just different, but we are about it. And the promise over deliver, be consistent, that's level of output. Because then that allows you, let's say if Kev comes out with the show, that allows you to go, if I don't need to worry about all these bits, I can channel all my energy into what does my show look like? What is the best possible version of this I want to create? Because on our end, we are able to work with you to just get you in that framework and essentially have you be unlimited whilst we figure out how to make sure that box is contained so that you are properly structured with what you're doing. Love it. I guess now, you know, kind of switching more so, this is more of a business question for you guys. As an early adopter to the podcasting game in Ghana, what were some keys in creating a sustainable business model for you guys being that podcasting is still budding? You know what I mean? It is not necessarily an established medium yet. You gotta be crazy, Kev. (laughs) I mean, straight up, because I think in starting up, I'd mentioned there was no reason giving up our weekends. There was no reason spending all that time editing. There was no reason still pushing ahead in terms of, okay, this is the level of aspect we want. This is the quality of show we want because all of that was done when our audience was essentially ourselves. All of that was done when we were judged against a system or a standard that we had internally developed. There was nobody saying this is good or this is bad. It was just us going, okay, we put this out. I think we can do better. Let's take it to that next level. It's crazy. Obviously, podcasting as a space, as a digital art form, as an industry is growing. Africa is figuring out and shout out to partners like AfriBoards that are also doing the forefront of the work that also allow us to also focus on building the structures because there are so many different components to this industry. What does it mean to monetize? What does it mean to improve production? What does it mean to attract talent, keep talent? What does it mean to engage the community and audience? There's all these different facets. So right now it's a really great time because we have all these different people. They are trying to figure it out and they are doing it out of passion. So if you're trying to get into podcasting in Africa, you kind of have to be crazy. Crazy is a good thing for you guys. And Donald, I guess I'll direct this one at you. How do you navigate the challenges when you're dealing with difficult clients or creators? You know what I mean? Because us as creators, man, you know, sometimes we're sensitive about our stuff or we might see it one way, but sometimes they need to adjust. And I understand that you talked about making sure that people have creative agency over what it is that they're producing. But for those times where some things may need adjustments or where you're experiencing challenges, how do you navigate that? I think we use what has worked for us. Like we use that as evidence. 
look, we've tried this before. It's worked this way. Not to say that what you are suggesting is not going to work, but how about we try this? And then if it doesn't work, then we can also have it your way. But if it's something that we could come to a compromise and say, okay, maybe there are elements of what you are suggesting that we could use. And there are also elements that we are suggesting that we could use. Then maybe we can find some middle ground and then make it work. But I think for the most part, a lot of people come in with trust. I understand you that, yes, there are times where creatives can insist on what they want. And I think that sometimes we as well, we are not always hell-bent on getting things our way. There are times where people come in and say, even though we probably have the way in which we do it, there are times where people come and say, look, I want to do it this way. I think it's going to work. We are able to look at it, assess that and see that, okay, you know what? This could work. So, you know, let's try Let's give it a go and see how that goes. So there are also times where on our end as well, we are also able to compromise. Cool, cool. For you guys, because you essentially jumped into a new medium, jumped into a new business model, how or what role has mentorship played in your success, if at all? The mentorship comes in various ways. There is the looking internally and figuring out aspects of yourself that you would like to work on and then figuring out ways to either reach out to people to help either accelerate that process or just learn from in terms of how they do that. For example, let's say I know Kev from way back. I'm like, every single function I go and Kev has to give a speech, he keeps nailing it. So come on, man, you must have some tricks. If you don't have some tricks, you must have a process. And then it becomes a bit more intentional in learning or studying what it is that you do and what to work with my business or my interest. And there's also paying attention to the industry in terms of, okay, what are other people who are also podcasters doing around the world? So this is where it gets boring as hell, but it's really important. There's a whole lot of podcasts about podcasting. So there's that. And we are on one right now. There's a whole lot of newsletters that you can also consume and also check out. Social media also makes some things a bit just like quickly digestible in terms of research and understanding processes, new technologies, new systems, new ways to communicate as well. So there's that intentionality in terms of a direct peer in terms of podcasting we find ourselves in that unenviable position at least in Ghana where <laughs> you know that meme where the guy is in a yellow shirt looking in the mirror and it's like you let yourself down type thing basically it's you <laughs> kind of how to look in the mirror and work out how you are a mentor to yourself be honest with who you are and what self-improvement looks like and what challenging yourself looks like because that part is also important as well the need for growth and improvement as a person and also as someone in the space that is for all intents and purposes is an industry so that's business so that means that it does get competitive so you kind of also need to have your wits around you but i think when you speak to mentoring or mentorship that's what that looks like at least on this end yeah gotcha and how does gcr decide which shows that they want to pick up and produce i think for us when it comes to creativity it's pretty much boundless over here so for us we are always looking to okay which community are we yet to impact through podcasting or through any projects that we intend to do. We identify gaps. That's when we then sit down and say, okay, what can we do? Like, who can we collaborate with or work with so that we are able to create something that speaks to this community or create something that speaks to this particular conversation or this particular thing in life. Once we identify those, when people reach out to us and sort of come to us with ideas that align with interest,
first in that regard, then we're able to say, okay, yeah, let's have that conversation. Or if it's something that internally we want to, you know, kickstart as well, yes, we are also able to do that as well. It really just depends on where we feel there are gaps and where we feel like we need to be. And just to add to that, the question is why we came up with GCR Labs, because immediately we realized that we weren't going to be able to either serve every community or serve every community exhaustively or adequately. So GCR Labs is an opportunity. You know what? You have identified the gap in the community. This is a podcast, a project that you feel should go out. On our end, we will provide you our resources as we can to get you started. That way, it doesn't become a case of you have to rely on GCR before this gets done. Because I think for us, first and foremost, we are huge fans of the media. We do want the space to grow. We, however, are balancing that you pointed out as also people in the industry. And we also have to focus on how do we get our platform? How do we get growth in to also support some of the more ambitious projects that we would like to create? Because again, if it's impacting the community, a larger project tends to also have a much larger impact. And that's what we are hopefully growing the network to serve and to do. Love that impact community, that authenticity, you know, within the mission. So if I'm a creator out there, if I'm in a crowd or if I'm in a neighboring country, what are three tips that you would give to a new or experienced podcasters who are looking to create a relationship with the podcast network like GCR, what would you tell them? Just give us three tips, man. Three each always just like bam, bam, bam. I'm sure y'all got six, you know what I'm saying? Three each is nothing for y'all. Y'all experts. Let me just pull up like a long list. Say, <laughs> I'll just go with the first one, which is just reach out. I mean, the worst someone could say is no, we're not interested. So whatever that channel looks like, more often than not, a social media DM and email is available. Just reach out and take it from there because being in a conversation, a communication allows the other party to also explore options with you. If you don't have a shout, I think it happens. So just reach out. Yeah. Also come to our events because we do meet a lot of people at our events, you know, and it's in these spaces that people can walk up to us and say, oh, I like what you guys are doing. I have this thing, this idea that, you know, I want to do. We can talk there. Let's have a conversation. Third one, yo, start something. The most yes. difficult thing is starting. The second most difficult thing is maintaining consistency. And for the most part, for as young as a space and it's going to have to be internally driven. You're going to have to be the one that cares about your products more than GCR or any other network has. For example, let's say I'm starting the show. I won't care on as a co-host. I'm probably going to care more than Kev one recruited on. So I have to care more. I have to be willing to put in more of the work and I have to be willing to drive it. So that level of caring, again, welcome to the madhouse. Kind of have to have that level of insanity to push it through. And also, just to add to that, I feel like we don't necessarily have a monopoly on all great ideas. Speaking to his point about starting, sometimes people do great stuff and then we reach out and say, look, let's, let's do something together. Not all great ideas come from GCR. So yeah, just do something great and then yeah, we could work together while we are not. You mentioned great ideas and y'all have a great idea and a great annual event called Mosaic. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Which I personally attended, had the opportunity to speak at. It's an amazing experience, bro. Like the amount of people that y'all had there, the vibes, the music, everything. It was all night. Tell the Create Your Life family about Mosaic. And actually, I think what would also be insightful is if you could tell us how you knew that it was time to get into the live event space with podcasting. So I think 
mentioned earlier, our first live event was GCR Live. That was back in 2017. In terms of understanding the feeling, it's a bubble. The shows are growing. The hosts are hitting the rhythm. As a network, there are plans that we have for the media long term, but this is just really like, it's a roll of a dice, but it's a bet worth making. So that was GCR Live for us. That was a much more intimate event. It was held at Front Back. We had about 100, 120 people show up. And I remember after the event ended, the team that helped us together. So shout out to Kesua, shout out to Komo, myself and Donald. They were the driver force behind this. Everybody left after the live podcast session. And then we went somewhere else to go celebrate. And then a comment was made, huh, if we just kept the party at the venue, it would have been lit because everybody who came, that was a community right there. And it would have been really nice to spend time with them after the podcast session. We had COVID after and right after COVID, we were like, you know what? DCR Live was all fine and good, but what does Mosaic look like? Mosaic being just all these different elements at focusing on what audio is and trying to have the different aspects of what you come together to be one complete experience. So our first Mosaic was us. Honestly, we were supernova with it. It was still the live podcast session. We planned for a networking event at the start of it. At the end, we had a DJ session. It didn't make sense. We didn't know how we were going to pull it off, but the team came together. We worked our asses off and Mosaic version 1.0 was an amazing success and we were so honored to have yourself join us as a guest speaker from Mosaic 2.0. And with that, we integrated live music performance because we realized in doing all this work, we also have built an amazing audience and we have this entire space paid for and we have this really cool stage. You know who else could benefit from it? Amazing artists who are also just at the cusp of their careers and who could also benefit from their first real big stage performance. So we added that music component where we gave up and coming artists who have this really unique sound and again this speaks to the creativity and had them as part of the lineup this year we moved to two days and there's a special audio addition that we'll be announcing soon but the goal is growing mosaic into this complete audio festival to have it be a sonic experience that hopefully every year we have everybody attending and who knows it might come to an african city near you bam bam hey i love that african city near me come to nairobi please Wow, Create Your Life family, I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. But y'all are talking about vision and you're talking about hard work and you're talking about being essentially crazy in order to keep this going, man. As leaders, co-working together, you know, childhood friends, man, how do y'all make sure that you're staying rejuvenated and focused as leaders? Leadership can be a lot. It can be a lot, but I think for us, what keeps us going is we have the vision. I think the vision is super huge and there's a little bit of unrest between the two of us until every aspect of it has been exhausted. And so, 
that sort of keeps us, we have that eye on the prize and it just keeps us going because we always, you know, reach into and try to get there. All these milestones are just steps, that big vision, you know, and yes, you're right. Sometimes being a leader can be tough, especially working with so many people on the network. But I think that for the most part, we've just found a way to sort of encourage each other and keep each other motivated and keep each other going in the space. So yeah, I think it all comes to the relationship built over time as well. Sometimes that helps. Okay. Let me ask you something a little bit more in depth. Because y'all go so far back, sometimes family disagrees. How do y'all handle conflict between the two of y'all if it ever arises? What are like some of the ways that y'all address it and make sure that you can move forward amicably? If you can give us like two steps. I think that's what's really important, right? I think as much as possible, we try to be real with each other. At the end of the day, we met each other as young boys and, you know, now we are men. So as much as possible, you have to be real with each other and honest with each other. I think that really helps so that we can have an honest conversation, a real conversation. We both create a space where everybody is able to lay all their cards on the table and <laughs> they have to hold back on one thing or another. And then once we have that honest conversation, we're able to come to a suitable place where you know we're able to move on in the same direction and on the same page. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if you are not able to move on on the same page, then like it's not resolved. So you know at the end of the day, you know things could get messy. You get what I'm saying? So I think so far we've been able to get to those moments and then move on uh, on the same page. And that has, you know, pretty much helped in us staying, I guess, focused on what we are building with GCR. To add to that, I would say, because Kev, I think that's a that's a pretty important question you've touched on. Because not only do things change, but then there's also all these trying aspects to a business to work in. Um, there's a test of self. And sometimes how we react to our own battles also affect how we also relate to other people. And there could also be you know, that whole dynamic. In addition to the communication, there's also that constant reevaluating where it has to be, you are looking internally as to what you are doing, what you aren't doing. There are going to be instances where my needs or what I want might not necessarily be the best for GCR and that's literally the same for him. So in all conversations, in all actions, it was best for, I don't know, we're showing behind. Yeah, there we go. That baby. <laughs> in all instances, it's what's good for GCR. However we feel about things, it could be personal, that's why acknowledgement that it is personal, but then we drive the conversation towards this is what the business, this is what the network, this is what the creators, this is what our employees, the people who are relying on us need. And that's what we work towards. So it might not be seen eye to eye, but that acknowledgement of, okay, we realign. This is what the company needs. And this is the general direction in terms of our vision and mission. Not saying it's perfect, but in terms of running the business, it puts GCR as the focus. So one of the things that happens, I think a lot of the times when you're doing something or when you're an innovator or early adopter or, you know, part of the avant-garde group, what I like to call it, right? Who's bringing stuff into the market. Sometimes you experience negative feedback as you're rising. For you guys, you know, did you experience any negative feedback? If so, were you prepared for it? How did you deal with it? What was your response, you know, when you first saw it? I'm going to quote the eminent philosopher, Lil Wayne Weezy. And my man said, my confidence that's the stain they can't wipe off. I think for me, one thing I growing up, I can't be quite single-minded and single-focused. So in starting GCR and us building things, like I've said, <laughs> the test was ourselves. The test was what we had to talk internally, what we wanted to be or what we wanted to do. So I don't really view them as negative feedback, to be honest. It's feedback. And it probably speaks to blind spots that I'm not considering because sometimes when 
you're working on something, I do acknowledge you can be quite narrow-minded. So it's feedback coming in and then the decision has to be made how much weight it's given, how much legitimacy it's given. And there's an honest reality sometimes where some feedback is legitimate, but you can't really do anything about it right now because you kind of have to hit another milestone for you to then take a breath, a pause, to then go back and work on it. So as much as possible as a network, leave channels open for the feedback to still come in. It's not negative. You don't try to dissuade anyone. Send them the things you're doing wrong. Please do let us know. We are listening. We are paying attention. But we do acknowledge that there's a direction that we are headed and it's a constant balance, you know, what do we need to do now? And then where do we need to take a pause? What do we need to fix? What do we need to incorporate? But speaking personally, I don't let that really bother me just because. Shout out to Weezy. Can't wipe that shit off. <laughs> okay. Dan, how about for you? In terms of feedback, like he calls it, like he said, non-negative feedback. We look at that and then we say, okay, you know what? What aspects of this can we have a conversation about? And then the rest of it, you know, we just put that aside. But in saying that, that means that whatever feedback we get, we do consider it. We do look at it and see what we can change and what we are doing. Or if we genuinely feel like this is our plan and this is what we want to stick to, then at that point in time, that feedback is going to be not. I think for us, we do give space for feedback, whether it's negative or safe. And then whatever aspects of it we can take it and then to make GCR better, we definitely you know, take that into consideration and then we do that. Yeah. It sounds good. Other than consistency, which you guys have been very keen and clear on to our audience, what do you feel like were some of the other keys to your personal growth? You know, if y'all want to share one or two examples each. That's a deep question, Kev. Bro, that's what we're here for, man. We're here for the depth. <laughs> I think for me, personal growth, I would say that coming into the starting GCR and podcasting in general, there were so many aspects of production and the business that I didn't really know much about, but I was always like willing to learn and then grow. Me be able to talk to someone about developing their show idea, about developing their podcast in general, all aspects like the marketing, the production, like how to maintain your consistency, stuff like that. Me being able to speak on all those things has been because of starting this and then all these years of growth in those different aspects of the business. So I think for me, it's been a gradual growth process from day one and an openness to, you know, learning about all these different things. You know, that's saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're doing something wrong. My personal relationship, that's something I definitely do prioritize. Um, The opportunity, the ability to learn from people just to figure out, okay, this is how this person does this. This is a way to crack a solution or this is a way to go about something. And if it's speaking with internal team, like, you know, from the videographers to the editors, these are skills that, sure, I may have a general personal knowledge of, but then they have more in depth. So then there's also that, okay, how do I learn more about what you do? So that in terms of communication, I am speaking your language and making sure that in terms of work or effort that's being communicated is closer to what you need. So like little things like that, I think those have helped because I feel in the moment I could see how that 20 minute YouTube video on studio setup comes in handy when you are communicating with an external videographer because you can see them moving around and you're able to drill down specifically or can we do X, Y, Z? And then they're able to, you know, further break down, well, yes, because or no, because. And then that also opens them up because people do like being in charge and an opportunity to teach 
usually helps people show the best sides of themselves because then they see that someone is willing to learn and they also have them in a much more calmer communicative space. So for me, in all spaces, it's really how do I figure out what somebody is way better at me at? And then how do I have them just teach me, show me? Usually helps build really good relationship connections too because then people like teaching, they like talking to you, they tell you about themselves, you get to know them better. Definitely. I think I would like to add that I think for me, I learned a lot with working with people. There's so many different aspects working with people, empowering them, actually be able to pass on knowledge, be able to pass on skills, all those different things. Like I thought I was good with people until I started with GCR. There's a different level to working with so many people. You get with different company, with different personalities from different backgrounds as well. You know, and navigating this business with them on a regular basis. There were so many different aspects of that, building relationships as well, maintaining that that I didn't necessarily have, I would say, skills at you get me? And I think that over time in doing that with GCR, I feel like that has been developed in so many different ways. And so, yeah, I'm very, very appreciative of that as well. Mm. Bro, I love the game that y'all just dropped. All of that was like straight game. And it's interesting and it's very telling, right, to who you guys are as a person, that the fact that you want to learn, that you want to become a better communicator and be a better leader in these ways in order to amplify the impact and the work that other people are doing. And it's funny that y'all were talking about, you know what I mean, like feedback and stuff like that earlier, because one of my mentors, Raphael Moffat, I feel like I always say this like almost every other episode, right? He's got this quote where he's like, correction is direction, feedback is love. So if somebody takes the time to correct you or give you feedback, bro, that's them showing you love and trying to help you to improve, right? And sir, I think you said that earlier, you know what I mean? Like that's an opportunity in order to make that improvement or that adjustment. And, you know, when you guys talked about your essentially what could be co-founder conflict, you know, having those open and honest conversations, you know what I mean? That's one of the things that helps me me and Molly, you know what I mean? All the time. Like we're always like very, very honest with each other. Like, hey, you know, this is the way I see it. She might be like, this is the way that I see it. All right, let's find that common ground and figure out how do we move forward and make sure that we're doing what's best for the true north of the company, right? Those things, it makes so much of a difference because, you know, it's not being or taking things personal, but remembering why you're here, man. It takes growth for you to know that. It takes growth in order to be able to lead people and communicate effectively and understanding how people operate, what drives them, what they want, what they want to see what is their vision. And y'all have all of these different gems that y'all dropped throughout this interview that are showing, in my opinion, to create your life family, how great of leaders you are. I'm pausing right there just to say thank you, showing that aspect of yourselves. For real. Thank you so much, Kelly. Shout out to the team, the community that also makes it possible for the revealing, the reflecting, an opportunity to also keep getting better at shit. So shout out to y'all, GCR Network. Shout out to GCR Network. So switching it up a little bit, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? I think on my end, I don't know, it would have been something equally crazy. One thing I've realized about myself early on was not to lock on a regular nine to five, but in terms of creating a workspace, in terms of building something, you have more opportunities to effect that change when you are in leadership. So I think for me, it would definitely have been either doing something by myself, doing something with someone else, but definitely doing something where definitely taking on the responsibility. But then for me, that's also an opportunity to also also be that space where the things that we complain about when we work that nine to five, like, man, work is slow. Man, what am I even doing here? Like, what are we even doing? Hopefully with GCR, we get to address that. I get to be part of that solution. I get to have a space where people come in and I mean, they're excited. It's engaging. It's creative. It's everyone finding some level of fulfillment. That is what I definitely be doing. Some version of this. 
I think for me, I probably would have done some night to five for some time for sure. I would have done some night to five for some time for sure. But I think eventually I would have gotten to doing something related to what we do at GCR. Not necessarily what GCR is as a totality itself, but maybe some aspect of it. I would have been doing some version of that. But definitely I would have been in an office space, clocking it at nine and clocking out at five. Cool, cool. So what do you guys see as the future of podcasting in Ghana? And then secondly, where do you see the future of the African podcasting industry going in the next three to five years? We barely scratched the surface. It's taking this while to make a lock, but the possibilities in the next decade are endless just because in terms of people being aware of the content, it also means then that we are giving rise to the ideas and the creators who have all these amazing dope concepts that they haven't even thought of yet because they haven't even considered this a space or a platform for them to actually express and grow themselves. We also have opportunities for communities to self-organize and put out content that speaks to the issues that they care about and they are passionate about. There's all these experiences that we can also build through events as well. So it's limitless just because Ghanaians are passionate people. We do care about each other. We do care about our loved ones, our family, our close friends, our wider community. And podcasting just makes that so much more personal because it's not as structured or rigid as traditional media is. The host allows for a much deeper connection. And I think that's something that works naturally as a people and zoom it out. I think that's something that works well for the continent of Africa because one thing that keeps coming up when you look back at our history is ours is an oral tradition and nothing hits home like audio. And what's the thing about audio that's digital and that's the future is podcasting. So it's nice to be part of the future. And Don, what you think? Everything he said. Ha, I love that y'all are in sync like that. Let's go. Okay, so last question of this segment, man. What is your commitment to building a brighter future for Africa? How are you inspiring others to follow their passions and make a positive impact? Okay, so going back to what the was so shared earlier on about, you know, when we started, when we initially went from writing articles to trying to do a daily show type show. And I think that sort of what inspired sort of the name, the Gold Coast Report was we wanted to give a good account of what is happening in this part of the world. You understand? Because we felt like over the years, obviously, there had been a certain narrative about things that happen in Africa. And of course, over the years, you know, the media has gone some way of changing those narratives and actually people coming to Ghana and experiencing Ghana and Africa for what it is and stuff like that. So, you know, the Gold Coast Report was sort of like us giving people an insight into, oh, there's creativity that can come from Africa. There's dope things that Africans are doing and this is the spotlight on them. These are the people doing these dope things. So for us, in creating the Gold Coast Report platform or the Gold Coast Report in general, it was just creating that space for people to be able to come in and then show the world what they are capable of. So we want to amplify all these different things that we are capable of doing as Ghanaians, as Africans. Podcasting is just only one way in which, you know, we are amplifying that. There's so many other ways that we are amplifying the people and what they are doing. And there are so many ways that we will devise in the future as well. So I think generally GCR so far, that's what's the part we are playing in doing that. At this core, it's a magnifying glass. In as much as we are Ghanaians, we also realize there are different communities that we can't tell everyone's story. You say what's on your heart and then we work out how to build our community around you. The trick, the balance, and that's what we are trying to figure out is how to have this be a passion project and how to have this be a business that's also self-sustaining that also allows us to have 
and also hopefully push much greater impact projects. So that's a learning curve. So hit us up in five years or we come back on for part two or part seven and then we'll let you know how that's going. Most deaf, most deaf. Yo, I appreciate those answers, gentlemen. So Cyril, Donald, we have completed the first part of your interview. This next aspect of the interview is rapid fire questions. You have to answer them in 30 seconds or less. You are about to enter the dolphin tank. So I have one question for you. You might have to call out the name just so that we'll advise getting that question yeah. that question. Hey, my question before we even get there is, are you ready? Ready. All right, let's see. Both of y'all can answer this one. What was the last song you listened to on your playlist and why? Page the Tunnel Red by Doja Cat. I saw the visuals on YouTube. I thought they were interested in <laughs> what to listen to the song and it was actually dope. The last song I've listened to, I'll be very honest, I haven't listened to much music in a minute. So it's very weird to answer of that one. Okay. How do you measure or make sure that you're growing each year? Personally, I have a bunch of targets for the year and I break them down to monthly and weekly. Every start of the month, I review my last month. Then I push some things into the next month. So I have an internal tracker that I use. I do try to be kind to myself. So it's all like a hash. Ah, shit, you missed it. You should have been much better. It's just been an intentional process where these are things I want to become. There's a future version of myself that I really want to see. And how do I just take those steps, nudge myself in the right direction? I think for me as well, I also set targets for the year, but it's not necessarily down to like weekly and all that stuff. There are some that I know I can achieve very early on. There are some that I know I can achieve maybe later in the year. So that's the sort of timeline that's, you know, I basically work with. I give them timelines over the course of the year and then, yeah, I will start cheap. Love that. What was holding you back from creating the life that you always wanted? I think I'm going to be real with this one. I think for me, when I was younger, I sort of struggled to be sure with what direction I wanted to go with regards to my future and what I wanted to do in my life. And so I basically went with what other people thought I should be doing. And so for me, I think for a long time, that sort of held me back on actually doing the things that I eventually came to realize I wanted to do. I want to tell a bit of a story. So growing up, my mom always you know, said at home, wherever you go, make sure you leave an impact. Impact in the sense that when you leave, people kind of know that you are gone that whole a good name let people feel you but I think one thing that has probably held back has been the commitment to that cause because it translates itself sometimes to overextend it especially when in a situation or in a circumstance energy needs to match it's all okay to just overcompensate so that whatever is needed to be done is done it has been a process to essentially reclaim that energy and that is helpful because it's suddenly working with oh I have a whole lot more now that I can either push towards projects, people, relationship experiences that have more of a close to one-to-one. It was young me taking really good advice, but then going all the way extreme with it. An adult version of myself, better understanding what that means. I understand the need to not overextend and be more direct as to where my energy goes. Gotcha. Top tech that you are using to make your life run smoothly. Spotify, maybe. <laughs> you mean Afropods? Afropods, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nah, for music. And then, yeah, Afropods for podcasting, of course. I would say utility apps, power lights, water, all of that stuff. <laughs> I would say Google, of course. Can't do without Google. What else? You got 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm actually now scrolling through my apps. <laughs> what about you, Cyril? I think the last couple of months had seen me sort of not strip down in terms of technology, but sort of take it back to the caveman days, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. I feel like one thing that has helped 
make my life run smoothly has been, I have been a bit more intentional about my process when it comes to morning generally and all of that. And it has really, really helped in terms of clearing the mind. I wake up, there's all these things I want to do. There's all these things I feel about the day before. I'm able to process my thoughts and then just sort of start with a blank slate. And it's a really good declutter mechanism. So it's not quite technology, but I guess the tech is that I write on my iPad. So I guess that's a technology for you. But really, it just allows you to just say a lot of what you want to say and then realize okay this is where things are now i start my day and that has been improved because i used to joke with a couple of friends back in the day that my morning was i woke up and i just launched myself out of bed and it's like i would like to do i need to do this i need to do this now there's a nice little 20 30 minutes where it's just me time and i'm able to pass out okay this is important to me this if it happens i'm okay with it it just gives me much more calm throughout the day gotcha okay yeah no that's similar to me i do an hour of power in the mornings which really helps Help me to get grounded. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Favorite quote or model that you live by? Oh, yeah, I'll start. Recently had a very traumatic experience. And throughout that, having this deep state of grief, one thing I sort of got along by was love. It was very confusing. I'm so processing it. And it led me to this thing that I remind myself every day, which is step in love because people show up as themselves and you can't legislate for that. You take it as it is. And that also goes inwards as well because there are moments where you beat yourself up for wanting to be better or having done much worse in a situation when you feel like I should have done this. You extend that kindness inward as well. So that's something I write at the end of my pages, uh, step in love. I have been reading meditations by Marcus Aurelius and there's some really good quotes in there. One of them is to be a wrestler for the greatest prize of all, which is a control of self. And it's such a powerful statement because as you go through all things, it's just how you react to situations, it's how you do things that actually affects things. And that metaphor of you wrestling with yourself for the greatest prize, because the greatest prize is the mastery of self. And Marcus really loved the wrestling metaphor because in speaking about life, he also said that train yourself to be a wrestler, both feet grounded, prepared for any blow. And again, speaking to the grief, there was a process in understanding that something chaotic has happened and it wasn't personal. It wasn't because anything wrong was done. It was just because it's life, it's happened and there was no way to retaliate. And there's going to be many such moments and you just kind of have to be ready because it could come any time and there's nothing you could do about that. There's been a bunch of all these other quotes that just keep cropping up, but step in love for sure and a wrestler for the greatest prize of all. These are grounding temples for me, so to speak. And yeah, it's all inform and influence everything else. Thank you for sharing and apologies for your chaotic experience. I brought it up, so it's good. Yeah, thanks, man. Favorite or most impactful book you've read? I'm going to say a book other than meditations now. <laughs> I think this was like a point in my life where I was sort of struggling a little bit. And so I sort of gave that book a lot of credits because it gave me some perspective. I would say purpose in real life. I think, yeah, I would say that. All right, cool, cool. There's this book, I'm blanking on the author, but it's, the joke is the answer to life is, is it like 49, a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Fantastic writing is fiction, but the premise starts with a man walks into the bar, a 
friend who he just met is drinking himself like the stupor and then the friend goes the earth is about to be plowed destroyed you want to come with me on my spaceship and it begins this fantastic journey where he goes to different planets and has all these amazing experiences i love that because there's something about imagination it's being so boundless the writing is exquisite but just the capacity of the human mind to just like really conjure up words and then i am now seeing these things in my mind that shit is fantastic and the fact that he had the gals to solve what life is the answer to life is 42 i don't want to spoil it for your listeners but definitely read that book and if a book is wet it's final pages the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy fantastic bet three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create the life they dream of also consistency definitely i feel like you have to be consistent in everything that you do and also you have to be ready for opportunity opportunity can come but if you're not ready to receive it i feel like it can pass you by i feel like you have to be ready for opportunity you have to be consistent try different things or try things just open yourself up to different experiences whatever is within range for you to try just try it if you have any interest at all just try it you might be surprised three jewels the first one are doing love love is such a powerful emotion it extends inwardly extend outwardly and you're also just bonded basis of so many relationships so definitely have that definitely work towards that the second i would probably say be able to challenge yourself because on the basis of love you know that people are there for you and then that forms that safety net but then you kind of have to find the thing that drives you and what it is that you want and then be courageous enough to like actually go for it the third i would say life is so fucking short man enjoy yourself the experiences that mean a lot to you that others may not understand part of living is these experiences and these feelings that just make you happy so definitely choose those eyes cool cool all right so what's next for you gentlemen in gcr if we tell you we have to kill you kev <laughs> but when our final stretch of the year so we are starting work on mosaic so that's going to be in november we have two days planned so the last saturday and the last sunday of november we are going to be launching like incubator program gcr last pretty soon so excited to see all the new ideas that come flooding in in terms of what gcr is looking to do next year we're looking to develop a couple more new shows we are looking to improve the shows on the network we are looking to build more relationship organization wise and hopefully gcr now becomes a name that it's a bit household like you know them gcr cats yeah that's what you're looking forward to i love that so what's the best way for the create your life family to keep in contact with you guys email social at the global trip points yes on yep and our socials as well on instagram at the global reports on twitter at gold coast reports on facebook the global coast reports right and yeah. we also have tiktok and snapchat i guess yeah and you can always go to our website which is listen to gcr.com listen to gcr.com you'll find us there all right congratulations gentlemen you have survived the dolphin tank So now we have reached the third and final part of the interview. It is time for the turnaround. What is the turnaround? This is the part of the interview where you guys get to ask me any three questions that you want. Totally unscripted. And I have to answer. I just have one request. Okay. Okay. Please be gentle. (laughs) (laughs) I'll throw the first swing. It's a nice little right hook. Okay. (laughs) What has been the most challenging experience you're most grateful for? Wow. The most challenging experience that I'm most grateful for. Honestly, growing up in foster care from nine months to 18. I think it is like foundationally what has made me strong, helps me to adapt to new environments, makes me curious to know people, to learn people, to learn about different cultures is probably a big part of my foundation for hard work and also for my 
confidence. And it's actually even a part of the reason why this show is called the Create Your Life series, because one of my teachers, you know, back when I was in high school, not necessarily doing what I was supposed to, she asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, you know, I want to move far away from here and I want to create the life that I want. I want to do this. And she was like, oh, so you want to create your life? And I was like, yeah, you know, like these are the things that I want. So I had those five dreams, those five goals, and I'm four out of five so far on those. So we working. That was dope. Thanks for sharing. Of course, bro. All right. So mine is Kevin, you've traveled a few times to different places, right? I want to find out what experience your travels give you a different perspective on a particular thing or a particular aspect of life. Bro, I'm almost coming to tears. Like I'm about to say, hold on one second. Got to bring it down. My travels through Africa actually changed my entire life. In 2018 into 2019, I came, just decided that I want to leave America, just go and just be around people that look like me. I was planned out six countries, six months, and I was like, I'm going to do this. So I went from Senegal to Ghana. Yo, and in Ghana, bro, I got, what's that game that's like checkers with the squares, man? Bro, I got destroyed in that game (laughs) time after time after time after time. It was like OGs beating me like bad. And that sugar bread, man, that sugar bread is so good. So I went from Senegal to Ghana to Kenya, to Rwanda, to Ethiopia, down to SA. I've been to SA before and I've been to Egypt before. I went back to America and I was like, I'm curious how this experience has shaped me. And so, you know, I'm in the country for a little while, but I started to notice like different behaviors for me. Like my friend circle got smaller intentionally. Then, you know, I started to want to do things differently. It clicked on me and just stuff started coming. And it was like, yo, my understanding of legacy. I've been pro-black all my life, but now even my desire for lineage and things like that, it changed, bro. Like my whole mindset shifted. And I was like, bro, I got to move back to the continent. I'd done some research and had done some speeches on podcasting in Africa. And I was like, I want to help with this, right? Like I'm not coming here to invent it. I want to help the people like yourselves who are already doing it. Because funny enough, we started podding in the same year. I would think I was just a bit earlier than you guys in March, but same year, right? So we've been at this for around the same amount of time. And so that experience, my experience traveling through Africa is what literally shifted my life in a whole different direction, bro. Like my understanding of what my responsibilities as a man, as a black man, like everything just got heightened. And I was just like, yo, I got to move back, bro. So yeah, that was it. A salt ball of a question. What's your go-to comfy shoes? Like comfortable shoes, like easy to wear, reliable, like easy to wear, no hustle. You like them because they keep your feet more comfortable. I like Asics, man. So I run a lot in Asics. And so if I'm like just running out the house, I'll throw on my Asics really quickly. I wear the gel Kayanos. Okay. And so I just, I throw those joints on and I'm out. I mean, I definitely like my J's too. I only wear one pair of Jordans, the 11 and a half Lowe's international editions. And the only J's that I wear, I like those too. And then of course my house slippers. Okay. Okay. You give us three. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Cyril Donald, bro. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has actually made my day. Thanks for having us, Yeah, Kev. thanks for having us here. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being so supportive since we met. We are very grateful. Of course, man. We family. Whatever I can do. So, Create Your Life family, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast, especially on Afropods, and share with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to info at cylseries.com. The Create Your Life series is executive produced by myself, Kevin Y. Brown, and produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company. And this episode has been recorded at Kofisi Studios in Nairobi, Kenya. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. Create your life. Nola Shah, the Sime Sop. Defaral Sadundu Bob. Shesha, what brabble? 
ዳደከ ሞተሬ ዋኩ This episode was brought to you by podcastlaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time, and time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.